Hello and welcome to the Reaton Entertainment Podcast, episode 412 for August 13th, 2023. Joining me this week, we have Cyber Monk, Connor the Cyberpunk Monk, Besh. It's Cybermonk Punk, Junk, it's the, it's the Skunk, that guy. Monk. And we have Andrew Roe McFain. It's the Chunky Boy, it's me. I'm the <laughs> Chunky Boy. Are you, is that going to be your new, uh, your new handle? Yeah, Andrew I, I Chunky Boy. <laughs> I gotta have something more marketable. So, I mean, I, I just I did just listen to a podcast about Fatty Arbuncle, so maybe it'll work for you. <laughs> ah, Chunky Boy, relatable. Yeah, I am, of course, your host Nathan Preeton Spruth. And before we begin talking about games, where can we find Cyberpunk Monk? You know, I was going to say that website. I haven't been to that website in a while. Is that still up? It, it should, I hope so. Uh, assuming it is, you can go to dot website where I would draw everyone's attention to Clinton's Core Classics, a Rise of the Rune Lords first edition actual play podcast. We're releasing our very last episode tomorrow. Oh, no. Then what, what's going to happen? Then, uh, if you are still interested in listening to the products that I make, first off, A, thank you very much. And B, you could tune into our next project, which is called Bug City Blues. It is a Shadowrun 6th World Edition actual play podcast. And uh, you, you can find it on, on Spotify and iTunes and Amazon Music. Boy, I've never had to send a podcast out for podcatchers before, but they all require subscriptions. Or at least accounts. Yeah, they all require accounts. It's a pain in the butt. That is why our previous platform was, and any hosting platform, right now we're hosting it by ourselves, and any hosting platform that you join up to, like Omni Studio or Podcast One or whatever, uh, they kind of have built-in features where you just put in the RSS feed, the podcast goes there, and then you just press a button to be like, put this on Spotify, put this on iTunes, and it makes it really easy. It is not so easy <laughs> when you're doing it all yourself, because then you have to create accounts for all of them, which is not too bad, but it is a pain in the butt. Um, and we are doing that on a different RSS feed, that's correct? So it's going to be a separate podcast from Clinton's Core Classics? That's what I had in mind, unless for some reason that's undoable or... It's too much of like a that that bandwidth consumption. I, I don't know how it all works. It's, I'm assuming it's fine. It's doable, and we've spoken about this in the past. The only thing is, we're uh, gonna lose listeners. That's fine. yeah. I'm totally not doing this for listeners. Okay, that that's my thing. Is we already have like an established podcast, mm-hmm. kind of. You know, we've we've had a total of one sponsors, but we have an established podcast. And then we're moving on and starting something new, so that it'll it's going to take more time to build that back up. Uh, but if fine. you're comfortable with that, I don't, I don't give a fuck about that. You always put one last like short thing on. I actually, one. I'm going to have the, the. I did a session zero that explains like how the game works and how the world works, and I'm going to do that in episode one on the feed, and then I'm going to cut it off. But yeah. that's uh, probably two weeks from now. And we're going to move that over to our current hosting platform at some point in our lives. Anyway, uh, one thing you're going to need to do, Aro, is update that with the Bug City Blues on your website. So create another link. Oh, all right. And you can find me, Nathan Reitens-Bruth, everywhere at Reitens. So the main one is Twitch, 
Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Pacific time to 9 p.m. Pacific time. I'm on Twitch, and it's uh, it's good. It's going, it's going poorly because everyone is playing Baldur's Gate 3, and so everyone's just going to the the big people who are playing Baldur's Gate 3. And that's all mm-hmm. I've been playing. But we'll talk about that in a bit. Hey, Connor, because you're the only one not just playing Baldur's Gate 3, what <laughs> games did you play this week? Man, I've kind of been jumping through games. I, I told y'all I finished doing my super-duper speed run of Final Fantasy VII last week. You did tell that's us that. That's, that's a fun game, but I was looking for something that wasn't a, a turn-based RPG. So I played a little bit of Nobody Saves the World, which is a fantastic game about customization and, and powers. But boy, does that charm not hold up to the end of the game, unfortunately. Uh, I've heard good things. I heard it's some a great game, positive but things. A phenomenal game, but once the magic wears off, I don't think there's much of a way to get it back. I see. I see. So th- th- then I jumped to a new game. Not a new game, but a-, a-, a game that was really cheap on Steam the other day, Prey. Which is, you know, one I heard good things about and I never really picked up, and it's Prop Hunt. Is this... 2016 prey is what you're talking about 2016 or 2018 or something yeah okay that's what i thought because there is a prey that was released in like 2006 or no not that one that it's that it's prop hunt because 2006 prey is not prop hunt it's 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 system shock or or doom 3 yeah and this one is definitely prop hunt which i mean it's kind of like nobody saves the world that's fun for a minute yeah, I played it, and I got to a point where I guess I just didn't level up my character correctly, and so I was just getting murdered over and over and over again in one section. And I looked it up. I was like, is there a way to respec your character? And people were like, yeah, if you don't build correctly, you get screwed over, so you just restart the game. Hmm. Oh, that doesn't like sound that. fun. <laughs> I don't like that either. So uh, one night I was pouting with my Steam Deck in front of me, wondering what to play next, and I ended up landing on the Mad Max game, also from like 2015, 2016, something like that, which is Batman. It's Batman Arkham Asylum, but in a wasteland. And I hear it's really good. It's, 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 it's okay. It's, oh, it's okay. scratching the itch for now. As soon as another game comes by that I want to play, I'm probably going to drop it, but there. for now, fast cargo, vroom, vroom. There are so many games I want to play right now. Well, so many games that I want to play that are coming out soon. So we've got Armored Core 6 comes out in like two weeks. We've got the Texas Chainsaw Massacre game, which I want to play with Aroa. Yeah. Um, And that's coming to Game Pass as well. So I don't have to pay any extra for it, which is great. Um, Starfield is coming out. WrestleQuest is coming out in two weeks. There's a slew of games that i want to play and i'm still playing through a hundred hour game uh did you play anything else cyberpunk monk i'm trying to really think if there's anything worth mentioning a little bit of battlefield 2042 but that's that's clicking on heads i'm so done with that right now yeah yeah that makes sense i I haven't played any space station 13 my last interactions with them kind of left a bad taste in my mouth yeah, you're going to need to get a, a new space station game, huh? Uh, I'm going to need to find a new ship posting machine. Yeah. It, that, uh, that sucks because you, you have, have to sunk. hope that space station 14 comes out. Uh, I mean, <laughs> it, it, I have it on, uh, on, on my wish list on Steam. I could always get into Dwarf Fortress. That's another dynamic, crazy story generator machine. Yeah. I've looked into Dwarf Fortress, and I'm just like, I think that this might be too complicated for me. 
and I didn't play it. It's very complicated. I sure do loves me a complicated game. I I like medium complicated. Like where there's enough well, apparently systems. Apparently you can sign up for playtesting Space Station 14. Oh, is it actually hmm. a thing? Through Steam. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, it's a it's a remake in Unity? Yeah, oh. yeah, I think it's Unity Station. But it's uh but it's 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 open source and very modernized. Well, that's good. And so we're going to we're going to move over and we're going to talk to Aroa about Baldur's Gate 3, which is what I assume you played all week. Uh, 90% of the time, yeah. Uh, what, what was the other 10% other than WoW? So as I, as I posted in our Discord, I believe, uh, I, got a, I got a meta quest too. You did, yes. Yeah. Uh, and man... I get why it's the most popular VR headset. It sucks like, that I think they raised the price by like a hundred bucks. They did. They lowered it back down now that they've announced the MetaQuest Three. So okay. It starts at three hundred. I paid about one fifty for mine, and it's the two fifty six gig version. Okay. Oh, cool. I got it off of eBay. Um, did you replace like the the foam that goes around your face? I it, actually a uh, cool thing was the guy who sent it to me never redeemed the replacement face gasket that they gave out um, because people were having skin issues with the foam one. Oh. Uh, so I redeemed that, and I have that coming sometime this week. Oh, that's so good. I am still using the same one that came Ew. with it. So, yeah, it's, it's probably got some face goo in there, but it looked clean enough. Yeah, my um, friend, I, I got I, one from a friend for a friend. And when I gave it to my friend, when I gave it to my friend who I was giving it to, he was like, this smells like butt. And I was like, yeah, you're probably going to have to replace the, the foam there. Yeah. Is that not uh, how you use a VR headset? <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, I, I've never used it that way, but if that's the way you use it, I will not judge you. I, uh... But I, I do like it like a lot. What um, what VR games did you play? I I haven't done much like actual gaming with it. It's just been uh, nonstop porn. But also, <laughs> um, it's it's been a lot of me just kind of playing around with uh, the sort of desktop mirroring functions. Uh, it is really cool, and I, I'm planning on probably later today because i'm really curious to see how it works because the main the main reason i got it was i found out that um the air link function is a thing that like seems to work pretty well and that uh, to back that up is here, that's hmm? casting your phone to the vr headset no your iPhone. casting your computer okay. to the vr headset okay so you can play full desktop VR games in your headset over Wi-Fi. That's awesome. Yeah. And so the, the main thing that I've been testing with it, because I haven't bothered with like going into my actual VR space, uh, has just been this thing that they that is built into the the platform, I guess you would say, where it's uh, kind of like a VR workspace. 
So you can mirror like individual windows from your desktop in VR and sort of have this infinite workspace sort of thing going on. And it is remarkably responsive. And like, if I, if I bothered with connecting like a mouse and keyboard to it, like if the headset was just a little more comfortable for long periods of time, I could see myself like just like that. That's how I would use my computer basically. Interesting. Well, that's nice. I would, I would like to get a new VR headset and I would really like a wireless VR headset. The problem is I just, I don't have the space and I am, I will get it one day. Probably sold on the MetaQuest three. Oh, that's good. Now, now, is that locked into their proprietary thing, or can you, like, buy games off Steam and play them? Well, that's yeah. That that was the main thing is that you can just you you can just mirror games from your PC, even VR games, to the headset. So, uh, like, whenever my... it's doing that that desktop environment thing, all the rendering is being done on the PC. And then all the tracking data is being handled by the headset. And it is like, yeah, I can barely tell most of the time. How's the latency though? Like it's not bad at all. Hmm. Uh, Like it's not like you can tell sometimes. And like every once in a while, the Wi-Fi will get clogged up and like your controllers won't respond for like half a second. But um, vast majority of the time it is almost equal to playing normally uh i don't think i'd play like beat saber with it but just about anything else anything that's not a music game like it's it's just like regular game streaming like to your your steam deck or like to to your phone that sort of thing where anything that's like super fast paced i wouldn't do in, in over airlink but vast majority of other stuff like melee combat or like rpgs and shit like that like i I could easily like that's probably what i'm going to do from now on is just have it go over wireless even though the controllers are objectively inferior to the index controllers they are more than sufficient i want Um, an index i want the index controller so bad index are good it's good enough that i bought them twice now that's good (laughs) It's, um, it was I, worth five hundred dollars to be able to flip people <laughs> off in VR to me. I, That's so. I, I that was the that. one thing. What uh, that like completely sold me is now flipping people off in VR. You can do hand tracking with the Quest Two. Okay, that's and cool. like the Quest Three is presumably going to be even better. Presumably, uh, and it's and it's really good on the Quest Two. Um, like. I was expecting it to be kind of like the Kinect where like you move your hand and it like a 10th of a second later, the hand in your in your headset moves and you were going to have this constant disconnect. But like it is surprising how one to one it feels in, in the headset, considering it's just doing it's just looking at a camera feed and determining where your hands are from that. And wow. 
that's good. interacting with menus and shit just by pinching your fingers or like opening the quick menu by flipping your palm back and then pinching your fingers like it all feels really good and they even have an experimental mode where you can just reach out and poke buttons physically with your hand and it oh, works cool. really well yeah so it's like if if this is a linear improvement from the quest 2 to the quest 3 and considering the quest 2 didn't even have hand tracking when it launched like I could really see the Quest 3, like, kind of being fucking insane. Like, obviously, I'm going to wait and see, like, what people actually have to say about it. But if it's as good of an experience as the Quest 2, just better, like, I could definitely see myself getting that, especially for only 500 bucks. That's I do good. have I one more question. Only, but, you know. if, uh, if you'll entertain it, how do you think it is for productivity? Are we at a point where I can put a headset on, go into my backyard, and start editing audio? I I don't know. It, it would depend on your Wi-Fi quality. Would sure. really be the thing. Um, um, let's um, let's assume the connection is good. More, I'm talking about like input wise. Like, like uh, does it have a physical keyboard? That's not shit. Mo- most keyboards in VR are kind of dookie. I I would not do it without having. Or an, ex- an actual... external mouse and keyboard, that'd be an option too. Yeah. Wireless, I would I, mean. I would have a I would have a mouse and keyboard connected to it. Um, but yeah, if if uh if I had a Bluetooth mouse and keyboard that I connected up to it, I could definitely see myself like having multiple monitors in VR that I'm using for, for doing work on. Like All I right, even, gotta go to eBay. I really want... <laughs> even for a little while last night was playing with uh I was using virtual desktop, uh, just sitting at my desk because I could rearrange my monitors how I wanted, like instead of being constrained by physical constraints. That's, that's one would... of the things I liked about big picture mode. It's just, yeah. it was too bulky of a headset, but go on, Ethan. I was going to say, I want them to do a retro inspired headset where it is a brand new headset, like a MetaQuest 2 or a an Index, but... With the aesthetics of the Virtual Boy. Don't fucking threaten me with a good time. I'd wear that <laughs> shit. And I, and, and I am thinking of Connor sitting outside in like his yard with a desk set up, wearing a wireless headset and a keyboard and mouse in front of him, just looking like a giant nerd. <laughs> I would do that. 100%. Um, Get some but, rays. But my, my, my final goal is to be able to play... Uh, blade and sorcery in my backyard that would be fun that is what i've wanted to do for literally years uh, and i've never like bothered with getting like putting my fucking lighthouses on tripods and getting everything set up in my backyard if i can just do this over a wi-fi connection like fuck it. i yeah. had i had a friend at sony who had a garage and he's like my goal is to have in my garage um, like a pulley system where the cord goes up and then I can just like pull down the headset and wear it and be able to move wherever I want in my garage. And that, I was that like, that's really cool. Really, a really cool thing with the, uh, the chaperone feature is you can also like draw your furniture within the chaperone thing so instead of just having this arbitrary square that you can walk around in 
you get an outline of like all the actual furniture that's nearby you so that you specifically don't run into it or kick it over. Well, that's good. But we are going to move on. I'm going to ask you about Baldur's Gate 3. Give me one or two things that you've done in Baldur's Gate 3 that at least made you laugh. Uh, I pushed a boss into a hole. See, I do, I've done that before, but then I reloaded. The reason is you don't get to loot the boss if they're in a hole. I looked up the loot, and it was nothing I cared about. Okay, that makes sense. So, so I've done that a few times. Like that is, yeah. it, it, I made a mistake. But what's in? Do you have anything else that that stood out to you? Um, nothing that I can say on here. Like, there, there just an entire story event was just oh, like, see. oh wow, okay. Yeah, there's so. there's a lot of that. The I... fact that I am 40 hours into my gameplay and still in the first act is incredible to me. I'm in the about halfway through the set. I just got to level seven. Yeah, which I'm, means I'm level four. I just unlocked level four spells. Oh, it's going to be so much fun. <laughs> um, like literally, uh, here's here's something I did was yesterday, which was Saturday. I was like, you know what? I'm going to I'm going to go my my inventory's a little crazy right now. So I'm going to go manage my inventory. And then, you know, I managed my inventory and then I walked around and then I stopped playing. I was like, all right, well, I should go get some food. Oh, it's been two and a half hours. <laughs> <laughs> Son of I, a bitch. Okay. So I did think of a couple things. One, uh there was an area I I had the choice of trying to stealth through or you know, obviously fighting everything in the room, but I didn't want to kill anybody in the room. So you knocked uh, everyone out? No. I left and found a bunch of boxes, brought all the boxes back, built a set of stairs with the boxes, and used the, the box stairs to skip the room entirely. Nice. <laughs> that's that's. Uh, that was that was incredible. Um, shit, I immediately forgot what the other. Thing I'll, was. I'll tell you what I did, and I, and we spoke about it. Um, there was a boss who I so I, I chose the wrong path. By the by, uh, apparently I, I read about it after after I had already chosen the path. There's two paths, and you have to do both of them at some point. Uh, but at the end of Act One, you're told you can either go the mountain way and go through the mountain pass, or you can go to the Underdark. Not really spoiling too much, you just get that choice. And if you choose the Underdark, that's the harder path, and it makes, when you have to roll around and go do the mountain pass, it makes the mountain pass a lot easier, because you're, you're basically going the hard route you're first. Um, so I went to the Underdark, and somebody was like, hey, Give me, I want you to bring this guy's head. And I was like, okay, he sounds like a bad guy. I'll, I'll chop off his head. It's fine. And I go, and he is a bad guy. He's got slaves and yada, yada, yada. So I end up killing him. You get into a cutscene, and you're like, okay, literally take this guy's head off. So I take his head off. But I was like, you know what? I need to find something in this area. Like, I need to find something down here. So I'm going to use talk with dead on this guy. Oh. And it's like invalid target. And I was like, what? Oh, yeah. 
He and doesn't have a head. Somebody with no head. Yeah. I uh, so I I also cheesed a different optional fight. Oh. By blocking a very large enemy into a room using just like barrels and boxes and shit to just block the door so they couldn't get through it and attack me. Um, so, uh, my guy, so I'm a bard and at, for a level three spell slot and Connor might know about this. I have hypnotize. Oh, it helps out so much. Cause you just, it, it hypnotizes everyone in a giant circle and it makes it so that they can't move until that effect is gone. And for, like, boss fights where they're like, we're going to throw ten people at you, it's great to just be able to hypnotize them all and then just take them out one by one. Crowd also, control is secretly the name of the game. Also, that fight, uh, they did exactly what we do, which is not cool. And what I mean is they kept knocking me into the lava. <laughs> <laughs> I was very mad. Um, but yeah, it was, it's a good game. I love it. And it's, here's the thing. You know me, Connor knows me. He watches me play games. I get bored, uh, after about 30 hours on a game. And I, I get bored even faster than that. And I'm yeah. having fun still. And I had, yeah, I haven't got bored. I'm just like, oh, there's new stuff for me to do. I got to go do this. I got to go do this. I actually care about the characters that I'm interacting with, which yeah. is phenomenal um and and i can't say more without spoiling to like a bunch of the game basically (laughs) but it's it's great i'm having a lot of fun and i i plan on playing that more this week i'm trying to beat it uh at some point this month because there's as we've spoken about there's so many games releasing there's starfield WrestleQuest, armored core 6 uh texas chainsaw massacre uh, Payday 3, like all of these games that I want to play with people and by myself that are coming out and mainly like I'm somewhat, I'm somewhat hesitant about Armored Core 6, but I am pretty excited I, I for it. I was surprised that you mentioned that because it didn't really seem like your thing. But No, no. Do, do you remember when you said you liked medium difficulty games? That seems like it's, it's a little bit harder than a medium difficulty game. No. We'll see how did, it ends up being. I did not say medium difficulty. Medium uh, complicated is what I mean. Yeah, what I mean is the systems in the game for like Dwarf Fortress, you look at it and there's just so many systems working with each other. Kind of like Space Station 13, where there's just so much you can do, it's daunting. I would almost say, uh, I mean, I get what you're saying there, but I would say Armored Core is very similar. Have you ever tried building the mech? There's a whole lot of options. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, I, I could I see how that could different. also cause someone to be a little paralyzed with the, uh, you know, analysis paralysis. You get that, that decision fear. That's true. That's, that's part of why I haven't done multi-classing in Baldur's Gate 3. Because <laughs> that I'm like, you know what? I could probably, you know, give something to my fighter and make her a little bit better in a specific way. But that, that just seems like it, it, it would be difficult to do. Um, anyway, we're going to move on. We're going to talk about some news stories. Nick, I don't want to talk about this. Nick Lotus brought it up. I don't want to talk about it for very long, uh, but 
there is an online quote university that they're going to be teaching in schools in Florida. <laughs> and it's stupid because it's not actually university. You've got, you guys heard I'd... of PragerU? Yeah. Yeah. They're going to be showing PragerU videos in schools I'd... in Florida. Possibly like I, I would, if I were a parent in in Florida, be like pushing a lawsuit for this. Oh yeah, like this is they're not an accredited university, and like that. I will give I'm, them there, some credit. There are enough bullshit lawsuits against schools for teaching shit that parents don't agree with. Mm -hmm. Like that. This is something that is worth fucking suing the education board about. Yeah. And my thing is like, there are some videos like I have, I have sat down and there are a couple of videos that I have watched from PragerU and been like, okay, that's, it was fair, but 90%, 95% of their videos are just very one-sided. And we all know that it's super right-wing propaganda. So, and a lot of it is like outright falsehoods. And that's that's the thing. They're just lying or telling half truths on it or a quarter truths. Like, oh, this is what happened. No. A lot of it's just bullshit and people's opinions without actually going in and looking at statistics and like actual facts. Like if, so, if parents are supposedly worried about misinformation being fed to their kids in schools about like how you're the gender that your that your genitals determine then like we we also shouldn't be having this shit no and like and we we really it needs to be i i i'm not necessarily against like showing specific youtube videos in uh in a classroom setting or even showing like some TV shows. If you're in a science class and there is a, an episode of Mythbusters that has things that are relevant to that lesson that you're teaching, show that clip of Mythbusters. Yeah. If it's genuinely, you know, educational and not just political indoctrination. Exactly. And these need to go through there. There needs to be a federal standard for it, to be honest, which I think that they they leave most of that stuff up per state, which is why you get states like Florida that will show right-wing propaganda. But we know, basically, that's our opinion like on if, it. Like, if my kid fucking came home and was like, in uh, school today we learned that black people's heads are shaped different because they're not as smart as white people, I'd, I'd be like, oh, so... uh." I'm going to go down to your school and you're not going tomorrow. And I don't think any of your friends are going tomorrow either. Yeah, I would. Because I'd be burning the school to the ground. I... That's probably the most correct response to, to anything coming from it. Yeah, I, if, if, uh, if I had a kid that you know came home and said something, I'd be like, who the fuck are you? Why are you in my house? <laughs> but... Yeah, that would be the... Would be the bigger question is uh, where the <laughs> fuck did you come from? Yeah, and what then it would go. I, 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 I'm gonna we're gonna leave it there. It's stupid. We we do not support most of what Florida is doing at the moment.
You know what I do want to see happen, though? And just for a brief side tangent, I want to see this backfire. I want to see, like, a Muslim school be like, we have been indoctrinating our children with (laughs) all of the tenets of the Quran uh, by state mandation. There is a time set aside where they must study this or, you know, whatever the equivalent would be. And then when they inevitably freak out about it, I want to say, but you're doing it. Yeah, but here's the thing. And you know it is because they're only okay with um, indoctrination on one side. Yeah. And they'll... It's, it's, it's a hypocrisy, I, really. I, I look forward to the uptick in bullying cases where, like, parents are complaining that kids are being mean to each other. And it's like, why well, we watched a video in class and Tyrone is inferior to me. So, like, it's just it's gonna happen. Well, my I I don't think I think PragerU is a little bit smarter. They they have a little subtlety, than, just they, a little they, bit. They have a little subtlety where they're not going all the way back to being like, well, you know, slave. Well, actually, they are saying that there are benefits to slavery, but uh, yeah, they also say things like men should just fucking hit women. So you know, yeah, it's... yeah. Um, but what I'm thinking, no, I don't think more... they literally say that, but they are they are very much for the men need to act like men and perpetuating that fucking stereotypical bullshit. Where it's like, well, you know, you're going to draw your own conclusions from that. And just j- going off the way that my dad treats my mom, obviously I need to beat up Becky. So I I do. I expect them to mainly be talking or using PragerU videos for like, oh, this is the alternative to climate change. And it's like, oh, the world always heats up. And there is a video on PragerU, which was like, well, actually... You know, the the world's been heating up even before mankind started doing fossil fuels and stuff, so... Better make that's... everything even worse. Yeah. What's Hawaii? Hawaii's not a real state. No. No one cares about that. I, 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 I like Hawaii, but I've never been there, and I, I don't think now is the time to go. You liked Hawaii. <laughs> it was, it's only Maui that's on, that was on fire. There are only. other islands over there. That it's only Maui. To. Yeah, for now, for now. It's only the second largest island. We need to we need to move on <laughs> and not talk about Florida. The world's on fire. Uh, we're going to talk about EA. Let's get even more pissed off. EA is shutting down a bunch of servers. Hey, and look, certain. Well, here's benefit, the thing. Benefit to EA, you know, this is going to be good for their climate, their their carbon footprint. Uh-huh. Turning off this single server for, that has been around, you know, probably been sitting in that data center since 2008. Think about think about the the carbon footprint that that's gonna. Okay, let's know, ta- let's say. talk about the servers they're shutting down. EA, so the, the Ubisoft, it's Ubisoft, EA, and there's a few others that we've spoken about that are just shutting down servers left and right. Uh, they're shutting down online support for Crisis 3, which was released in 2013. They're shutting down uh, FIFA 18, 19, 20, and 21. A game that's been out for two years, they're shutting the servers down for. I think it's funny that uh, that implies, one, that uh, 
those are all running essentially the same server software, meaning that they probably did literally nothing between those. Uh, but also that that implies no one is playing FIFA 21 anymore. Which they probably aren't. Why would no, you? probably aren't. That's Yearly games once, are fucking stupid. Yeah, once you're done with that, once you're done with that game, uh, they want you to buy 22. And then once you're done with that, they want you to buy 23. They, they want you to buy every single year. And there are the fans who will buy that game series every single year. Well, I've got you're to buy FIFA. You're skipping on. the added part where you also need to get microtransactions to get all the cosmetic gear that you want to use in the game. And none that, of that doesn't transfer. Uh, that yeah, that doesn't transfer over to the new game. Don't don't forget about all the play all the player cards so you I can play your dream team. Cards. I I I never pump my gas. Just <laughs> so you know, and so I go up to the gas station. And you know, I hand my guy, I hand the guy my card. He runs it, gives it back to me, starts pumping my gas. And the he turns to his coworker and is talking about how much money he's spending in Madden. Uh. And he's like, "Yeah, so I bought this, and I get like forty dollars. So I I paid an extra twenty dollars for the deluxe, which means I get like forty dollars in Madden cash." And I'm just like, <laughs> "Uh huh." <laughs> what uh, went wrong? I I don't know. I, I just thought that was, I, I thought Somehow, that was funny. Um, we've so, got people who've put the same value into digital cards of football players as people used to with physical cards of baseball players. I just, but I don't they don't get it, and that's the and and they can't resell it. Like you can't hold no. on to it and resell it. Yeah. Um, we have NHL nineteen will lose support on the PlayStation Four and Xbox One as well. I don't know. Have they released more NHL games since 19? I have no idea. I, I, I don't either. I, I, I know they release FIFA every year, but I don't. I don't know. I don't pay attention to sports games. Um, however, that doesn't end. EA also plans on shutting down server, servers for Dante's Inferno, which, let's be fair, that came out like over what? 10 years ago. That had an online server that had online functionality of some kind i think I, it did the thing that dark souls did where you could like leave messages if i recall correctly so they probably just shut that down if it's what i'm thinking of that makes yeah, sense I don't know. uh dead space 2 is losing um online support as well and all that's happening december 8th mirror's oh. edge catalyst will also lose online multiplayer support the same day is that the newer one yeah Oh, I I don't know what the online functionality was. That released when? Uh, 2016. 2016. I my brain was like that released like two years ago, right? No, well, seven years ago. <sighs> okay, and that's all of them that are shutting down right now. Earlier this year, EA pulled some Battlefield games from online stores due to their servers having been yanked in December. Um. Yeah, so I cannot, I, I hate it. I don't support it. They need, I, we've spoken about it before, where I think that if they're going to be taking on servers for these games, they should make that stuff open source so that people can run, host their own servers. So uh, it looks like with the Mirror's Edge thing, that it was something that EA just kind of forced them to throw in, which makes a lot of sense. 
It's yeah. just like dumb asynchronous shit along with uh, the Mario Odyssey multiplayer mode where you place a marker somewhere and then other players can see that marker and try to get to it. What like engaging just as a content. challenge. Yeah, I, 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 again, I think that it, like, especially with something like Crisis 3, multi, it's, a, it's strictly a multiplayer game. Yes, there's probably a story, but that's like four hours long and then everyone just plays the multiplayer. At least make something know, like... The Crisis games were all kind of like single player first. In well, my yeah. mind, at least. Oh, really? I thought they were all... Yeah. Well, Crisis 1, but then once they moved into Crisis 2 and 3, I think it leaned a lot into the multiplayer aspect. They, they might have tried. I don't think anyone gave a shit. Right. I, I would don't think still... it ever beat Call of Duty, for example. No. No. But I, I still think that they should allow people to host their own servers if oh i agree absolutely if you're gonna be shutting them down like this it's, it's even if bullshit. even if you don't like open source your server software like at least fucking put the dedicated server out there somewhere 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 something let us be in control of it that way we can continue playing these games that i like it's less egregious on something like this where it's it's fifa it's crisis where you don't necessarily are, you're not necessarily buying you, it for the multi multiplayer. I guarantee you that at least part of the reason why they don't do that is because they're afraid that people reverse engineer the server software, especially in the case of FIFA. Oh, definitely. And, like on some level, okay, fair enough. Whenever it's an ongoing franchise where like that could pose a problem, like I, I guess I get that. But they ain't releasing another Dante's Inferno game. <laughs> and no. even if they do it's not going to be running the 13 year old server software how did it take them that long to turn that off when did dante's inferno release 2010 oh. okay that's oh, what i thought man. i thought it was like 13 years ago okay uh dang so we're going to move on to our next story uh there's something we didn't talk about because a i saw the story and i was like okay whatever and i didn't read anything about it so I didn't want to talk about it because I didn't know anything about it. And it's a uh, good but, thing. But wait, wait, before you go too far. I, uh, I did not know this. Um, Dante's Inferno had DLC that added oh. a level editor along with co-op gameplay. What? What? Yeah. I like, how does, I like the, how level, does the editor. level editor work? The, the co-op's I, great. I have no idea. I'm just looking at the Wikipedia article. Trials of St. Lucia released April 29th, 2010. Features co-op gameplay and a game editor. Players are able to share their created maps and levels with others. That's actually pretty awesome. Yeah. That's pretty great. It's weird. Uh, anyway, uh, unfortunate that they're losing it. However, yes. So next story is we. there was a story that launched a week or two ago i didn't cover it because and, and nobody else here decided to cover it because i think a we were all kind of like eh who cares we'll see where this leads and also i just didn't know anything about it. i didn't read enough about it i didn't want to put my i didn't want to put it out there and say hey this is going to be transformative which is great because apparently it was all fraud and that you don't want is, to put your reputation on the line. Yeah. <laughs> we're a real news outlet here. 
more real than a lot of these other places who did cover this story and now have egg on their face, where apparently there was a levitating superconductor. Yeah, this is the the LK99 story that just about everyone already knows about. Mm-hmm. Well, everyone in tech stuff. You have to remember, we do have people that listen to this that aren't super techie. Okay, for those who aren't super techie, I will give the super basic boiled down version. We sometimes can utilize devices called superconductors, which are devices that can hold an electrical charge without any resistance. They're very coveted, but they're very hard to maintain because when you shoot electricity through something, it tends to get hot. The superconductors that we have and can make right now only work in super frigid environments. What LK99 was supposedly being was a superconductor that could operate in room temperatures indefinitely. And surprise, surprise, it was a freak. It was a fake. Yeah. Or at least the videos showcasing it have oh, yeah. shown to be fake. Which I I think it was after we stopped recording. Was it last week or maybe the week before? Where I, I mentioned it because there were these two or three videos that came out and then I read that all of them were from China. Yeah. And I was like, okay, well that immediately hurts the credibility. And I like, yeah, I, I know that that sounds really bad, but it's just that like whenever your country is entirely run by a very shifty government and then like they have their fingers in every little thing that happens within the entire borders of, of that country. Like you just can't trust that shit. And they're like, a lot of fake shit shows up and comes out of, of China. And this was, this was one of those things, sadly. It says here at the very end, it says the video poster ultimately claimed that the experience of being part of the noise had changed him and that he'd be more cautious with his actions and words in the future. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Or you could just not make fake videos. Uh, this actually very much reminds me um, there was a video I watched, well, listened to more pretty recently of a, I think he was Korean, maybe a genetic scientist, geneticist, uh, who had claimed he'd successfully cloned humans and uh-huh. turned out that he was actually running like a multi multi year like over a decade long scheme uh that ended up coming into like he was borderline human trafficking because he was trying to do it it just wasn't working but he needed funding so he lied about it and like to save money on doing the continued testing he was like essentially buying eggs from women uh, which is illegal in most of the world. Uh, is it? Yeah, what you if can't you steal you, the eggs. Uh, I'm pretty sure that's worse. You oh, you see okay. how that's worse, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, it, there was it was him and another guy. Uh, who did a very similar thing? Like it's weird how the the various areas of science end up bringing about people who will just straight up lie to the entire fucking world for a long ass time and 
like then they they get caught eventually because it's like well if at some point you got to put up or shut up and they run out of ways to to sidestep it and it doesn't work out because there was some other american guy i want to say like worked for bell labs at one point and essentially pulled the same thing where he was like oh yeah you just mix these these very basic chemicals together and whoop we got a we got a borderline superconductor at room temperature wow isn't that crazy give me money uh, yeah and then like other other scientists were like see that's cool but how are you doing this because this doesn't make any fucking sense and like i'm trying to do it and ain't working and he's like oh well you got a uh you uh oh i got i got i got diarrhea like you need to mix a little bit of cocaine in there that's all you need to do (laughs) the the secret element in the Uh, mix no in you yeah (laughs) and it works (laughs) um it's it's it was fraud unfortunately and we're gonna move on because i i don't know much more to talk about that but what we'd be cool if it was a thing but it's not a thing. It's not a thing. But you know what is a thing? AI generated art that they use in Dungeons Aww. and Dragons source books. Yeah. I'm I'm kind of glad we're talking about this cuz I I think I have a controversial opinion about it. You love it. Uh, that, that that being said, no, I'm I want to go that far. Well, let's let's talk about the article. We'll get into it. Okay, who I think you brought this up, so please continue. No, I think was it you or was it me? It wasn't I, me. It wasn't me. Yeah, it was me. Okay. So it, it was me. So, um Essentially, there was this uh, was this art book, uh, or like D and D book. There was artwork in it. Um, I don't know how people ended up calling him out, saying that uh, some of the illustrations in the book were AI art. But some people were were saying, "Hey, this, this seems like AI," and he was like, "Okay, yeah, it was a little bit," and essentially what he did was uh he did what the what the article calls sketches what i would call pretty impressive looking artwork in its own right and then used ai to sort of i'm assuming he did like in painting shit to refine the artwork and make it look better than he could on his own or or maybe or at least in in his own opinion or or uh, or and this is what I think. Perhaps he did his own own sketches and then was like, he could have made it. He, he got it 90% of the way there. And then was like, it would take me a long time to just make it look better. I can put it in this AI generator and it will make it that to that 100% quicker than I could make it to that 100%. I'm pretty sure that is the case. I could be incorrect. So, you know, but speculation. I believe it was that he had the fronts of the sketches and then things like the background details. He was just like, uh, generate me a cave with tall, imposing figures standing in front of him. And people were like, that shadow's got six fingers. Yeah. Uh, I didn't mean to yell in my mic. That's okay. It's, it, it, it's going to sound great on, the, on Spotify. Um, but yeah, that's probably what it was, where he's just like, okay, let's do the rest of it. Um, because I don't Which have the just time. Which you or... could do in Photoshop now. You could highlight it and be like, "Hey, generate a spoopy cave with tall, imposing figures in front of it," and it'll just do it. What uh, is your controversial opinion on this, Connor? That's fucking fine. I that, that's the opinion. I get the outrage. 
but also I, I I get both sides of it, and the only reason I I see the part where it's like, well, it's not. It, it, I can see why people would get upset. Is it is taking away money from actual artists? Yeah, it's games work. Uh, not games right It's it's Wizards of the Coast. This isn't a company that I particularly am like incentivized to support right now. Anyways, yeah, I am kind of. I'm I'm in support of AI art in concept. What I don't like is that whether you like it or not, uh, this isn't like, it would be one thing if this AI was trained on previous art from this guy or like other artists that have worked with wizards of the coast. They took this AI trained it on other art in other D and D books and like went that route. But this is undoubtedly AI that has been trained on the same fucking data sets that everyone else is using where it is a bunch of shit that has been scraped from Google images and other such places and, and like deviant art and all that. And like, it just gets into intellectual property concerns. And like, is this essentially, is it, is it okay that we're using software that is built on the back of plagiarism on mass. Yeah. And, and that's, I, I'm, we spoke I, about, I, this, I want, we spoke about this somewhat. Um, not necessarily this, this same thing, but there was a lawsuit, I think last year about Randy Orton's tattoos. Yeah. Where the artist was like, you're using my art in that game. I want money for it. And they ended up giving her like five grand, I think is what it ended up coming to, somewhere around there. Not, not a huge amount of money, but, you know, $5,000 is, is not a little bit of money. If somebody offered me five grand, I'd take it. And all of his tattoos were covered in future installments. Yeah, that's what I'm curious about is, are they going to continue with the royalties to this artist to work out a deal or are I'm they going sure to if, like blur out the tattoos? They'll probably yeah, just make them wear they, like a shirt or something. If they want to, if they want to continue using that exact tattoo, then they will work out some kind of deal with the artist. Probably. And and like, I guess to to that idea, like, yeah, that these AI companies aren't doing that. They're just kind of doing what, funnily enough. Uh, any lawyer really would tell you not to do, which is to go just kind of skim through Google images and do what you want. Um, I do think there is an argument for fair use when it comes to AI, because one of the major things with fair use is, is it a transformative work? And I mean, I think it's pretty blatant that like AI art, is extremely transformative whenever it comes to combining different pieces of art together into completely new images. You can I, prove like, it. It's got a neural network. I said this quote years ago, and I got some people mad at me about it. And it was 
if you steal from one person, it's plagiarism. If you steal from many people, it's research. And yeah. that's basically what they're doing is they're taking inspiration from a bunch of different people and putting it together and calling it research or transformative. I, th I, I think if anything, AI is just kind of outlining that like ownership over creativity is not very well defined in the modern day. And it's, it's very difficult to sort of look at art and creativity in the the very black and white way that I think our our current legal system does, and like it, it, I don't know, I don't know what it, uh, we're not going to solve this problem here. No, I just I I do tend to agree on the point of like I, I agree with Connor in that like this is not just wizards of the coast didn't want to pay an artist to make this drawing. So they asked Dali to make a, a tiefling character for them. Like I'm like 90% was... sure the drawing drawing was about giants too. So it's like, it's, it's all fantasy shit. <laughs> Why are you getting so worked up about this people? Well, yeah. and it, it, I would be upset if it was like just straight up AI generated drawing like they just didn't pay somebody to do this work for them because I, I think that is a problem that that that's the biggest problem that needs to be focused on right now is putting people out of work with this AI whenever our economic structure relies on people being able to, you know, do things for money. Mm -hmm. Uh but by the same token, like, I, I don't think that there's any anything wrong with an artist using AI tools to enhance their initial drawings. Because, like, the, the example used in this article uh, shows an early sketch that looks incredible. There's a little bit of weirdness with, like, one of the hands... Uh, but that just looks like roughness from it being an early drawing. And I think the implication in the, that the article is putting forth, which this is Gizmodo. They, they do like to do this sort of thing. Uh, they, they're implying that the AI added every other detail that isn't in this initial sketch. Uh, and I don't think that's the case. Um, it sounds like you've, you've read elsewhere that like there was it was mainly just like background art that he didn't draw. And that maybe is pushing it a bit uh, because like background artists are their own thing. But if it's, if it's just a matter of you're doing in painting to like refine lines and shit and take care of the tedious bullshit that like nobody really wants to do anyway. I don't think that there's anything wrong with that. Yeah. And I watched I watched I a video to, to hate on a guy for that. I watched a video about like the way Marvel did it, at least back in the day, which they would have like three artists work on one comic. So one person would do the sketches, the next person would do the line work, and the next person would fill in the color. Got to keep that machine moving. And that's yeah, they got to keep that machine moving. And this guy's doing everything. Like the if you look at that picture, the picture on the right and you know, all the stories are down below. But if you look at the picture on the right, that's incredible. If I could draw like that, <laughs> I would be very happy. Um, but I couldn't in a thousand years draw that well. 
And the picture on the left is the final artwork, which is still really good. But honestly, I prefer the original sketch. A little bit, yeah. Like, like There are some details that, uh, yeah, I do think are better. I yeah, think what they are going for is they're trying to match it to the, the newest art aesthetic of D&D 5th Edition or, or whatever they're going by now. I and think I, I, all I could tell as far as what this AI did is it made it a little more like the, the inking is darker, you know? Yeah. It matches the aesthetic. There's a little bit more, like, stuff on the axe that I prefer on the, le- the drawing on the, the final version. But overall, I think the drawing on the right, the original sketch, is, is better. Anyway, uh, we're going to move on and talk about the last story, which is uh, a downfall. It's a, new, it's a new bug that affects years of Intel CPUs and can leak encryption keys and more. Uh, was it you again, Aro, that brought this up? It was me again. What's Everything up with this? Everything is terrible. So uh, you might remember Spectre and Meltdown. Yes, those I do. Were, those were pretty big and scary things. Uh, this is basically another version of that. Uh, you've got Downfall. Which, hey, speaking of AI-generated art, uh, this this uh, image that they used for the Downfall uh, exploit logo was AI-generated by Dali, too. Uh, oh, good. Yeah, that, that, shit, that shit needs to go. That needs, they need to stop doing that. Um, but anyway. Uh, but why? This, no, no, not why, why for what you said, but why would you even put that in there? Like... What does this add to the article? Uh, it is an image that people can use to very quickly identify that this article is about downfall. I don't, I don't know. Okay, don't c- continue on. Anyway, please. so um, downfall and uh, inception are sort of uh, what it what is it uh, speculation. Attacks that's you, or something like that. That's what you called it, speculative. It's when your processor will say to itself, hey, you're doing this process. We're going to assume the next process that you do is going to be this. And so it'll like preemptively tell itself it's going to do this. So when you click on it, it'll load faster. Um, More or less. It's in, uh, something it, like cause, that. Because like... Like processors, whenever they whenever they do things, they they do everything in like branches, and it's like, well, the, in in one reality, the the computer's going to do this, and in another reality, the computer's going to do this. I'll go ahead and compute both possibilities, and then whichever one it picks, I'll jump to that one so that we can keep moving quick. And uh, fun fact about AI: the ability to beat process or enhance processing power largely relies on determining which answer you're most likely to be and not even bothering with the other half. It's called alpha yeah. beta pruning. And that's, uh, that probably means that these sorts of exploits are only going to keep on coming. Um, essentially, uh, the way that these exploits work is by looking at data from the unused branch that isn't culled by the processor throughout the course of its work. So you can pos- possibly exploit that this to get, like, say, encrypted password information or even not encrypted password information. Like if you're encrypting a string, 
and the processor has one version of the password that hasn't been encrypted yet that it has saved in its little like memory cache thing and it hasn't removed that from that cache whenever it's moved on to the other branch that it decided to go with like you could access that part of the uh, part of memory and get that unencrypted uh data obviously this is very complicated uh and not something that is going to be easy to exploit by much of anybody, but that doesn't make it any less dangerous because it just means it's going to be focused on enterprises and government entities, stuff like that, where you're going to have sp state-sponsored actors who are going to use this exploit on unpatched hardware running in large data centers. And the fact that it is able to target so many generations um that's pretty that's pretty spooky yeah because uh, it it is who everything... is it for it's it's let me i got the list here it says it affects processors based on sky lake cabby lake whiskey lake ice lake comet lake coffee lake rocket lake and tiger lake and also i don't like that they're all just lakes well, it's because they're I know, I know. all based on each other. You know I know. that. It's I the know. architecture. Yeah. Um, so that it's Skylake was what twenty fourteen? Oh God, I don't, I don't. Oh, I stopped paying attention to that shit. Sky... The longest time ago. Uh, Skylake CPUs. Uh, twenty fifteen. So it goes all the way back eight years or so is what this affects. Uh, yeah. And then the AMD version, uh, which is Inception. essentially the same thing. Yeah. It's called Inception, but it's it's essentially the exact same exploit, just being done a different way. Uh, that affects anything with Zen 3 or Zen 4-based CPUs. Thankfully, we both have Zen 1 CPUs. Yeah, or at least AMD says that the fixes are only necessary for those CPUs, which is curious. I'm yeah. not sure what they mean by that. Uh, the The research group that found it says it affects all AMD Zen-based CPUs, so that would be going all the way back to uh, the first series. But supposedly, according to AMD, only Zen 3 or Zen 4-based CPU cores require it, so Zen... 5,000 and 7,000 series desktop CPUs, uh, Ryzen 6,000 laptop. If they say GPUs, I'm thinking they mean APUs. Probably. Uh, yeah. Threadripper Pro 5,000 workstation CPUs, and third and fourth gen Epic server CPUs. Uh, oh, there, are, there are firmware updates available for both of these. The... Uh, the Intel one potentially uh, has the risk of lowering performance on certain workloads by up to 50%. Yeah. You can opt out of the patch, but that seems like a bad idea. Uh, granted, that it only affects this one very specific uh, CPU instruction, and so I it might even 
be something that's like Intel specific. So there's a good chance that it's not even going to be utilized all that much. But and just so something. you know, just in case you were wondering, you're like, man, I have an older CPU, uh, AMD. I don't have to worry about this. You're in luck. They also have another one called Zen Bleed that affects Zen two based CPUs. <laughs> <laughs> just so you don't miss out, everybody. And, and it's hard to be like, here's a definite solution because these sort of issues are just going to keep on popping up as we increase our computing abilities. Yeah, well, there, there's no real way that's... to avoid this. You, you write code, and people write code and make processors as well as they can, but you can't assume that everything's going to be 100% locked down. Somebody's going to find something to mess with your architecture, and somebody's going to find something to, to hack your code. Well, and not, not just that, but as the demand for increasing speed only continues to rise and we can only make the electricity flow so quickly, there's going to be a requirement to further cut corners, essentially, to, to make things go faster, even if they aren't done in the most elegant ways. And that is what's causing this. Yeah. Um, well, and that, that was with the meltdown in, was it Spectre? That was the problem is the fixes made the CPUs work less efficiently. And, and that's, so, that's what the fix is. They, they don't mention it on the AMD one here, uh, but that was that is what will happen with the Intel one. Yeah. It's going to be changing the way that the gather CPU instruction works and it, it will make it slower because it's going to have to, I assume that it it's going to be going in and deleting that unused uh, branch whenever it, whenever that instructions used and they, they say it'll slow it down by up to 50%, but we're talking like microseconds probably. probably like it's, it's such an infinitesimal amount of time, but that can add up if you're using that a lot. And I, I think that's that's why you saw, I want to say it was like upwards of like 15% decrease in speed on certain AMD processors. For certain After tasks. the Spectre meltdown. Yeah, for, for particular tasks, but it was like, it was a lot more general because it was such a major flaw in the way that the, just the CPU worked. And like, yeah, you're, we're going to have that. I think that companies like, I think Intel and AMD are going to be a lot more careful. Like the, the Intel one doesn't affect 12th and 13th gen CPUs. Uh, so like, I, I think that they're, they're trying to be cautious or at least aware of things like this. But like you say, it's, it's always going to come up. You're, it will. We're never going to have anything perfect, and especially as we come to rely on AI, which is based on flawed human work in the first place. I don't see that ever changing. Humans—they're the worst. But that's the end of our—that's the end of our podcast. I would like to thank both of you for being here. Thank you, Aroa, for being here. I'm—I'm I'm here. I know you'd much rather be playing VR or Baldur's Gate Three. That's true. Thank you for being here, Connor, the cyberpunk monk, Besh. Tune in next week when I come in live from my new augmented reality headset set up.
Oh, please don't use the mic in the headset. <laughs> That's the sample of, of next week. Yeah. And I have been your host, Nathan Reeds. Thank you for being here. Goodbye. Goodbye. Anime. <laughs>